0: Hi, everybody. Hi. This is Adam. This is Thora. You're listening to Autism on Shift. We talk to other autistic folks about what we do for work. We're glad you're with us today. We have a wonderful guest who we'll now introduce. Dun, dun, dun. This
1: week, we're talking to Marina. Marina is a divorce coach, and we are excited to learn all about what that means. Yeah. Hi, Marina. Hi. Hi. Nice are to you? meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Uh, thanks for coming on the show and talking to us about your job. Can you tell us about your job? What is, how does it look? What do you do? Um,
2: I am self-employed and I work as a divorce coach and this is a kind of job that you don't really get a degree in. There is no, you know, if you go to college, there is no, uh, department called divorce coaching. Sure. Uh-huh. So it comes from my experience working in different fields and any type of coaching is very close to teaching. So it's, it's sort of a, a mix of teaching and providing knowledge on uh, anything that pertains to divorce. I cannot give legal advice to people, uh, but I can, I can inform them in general about the process of a divorce, practical sides, expectations, Um, how court may look at this thing or that thing and you know just just general information because the process is very complex very expensive yeah Yeah. Um, so I provide a lot of um, practical advice but just besides that uh, I also provide emotional support um, a lot of resources on how to deal with divorce how to deal with abuse, what to do with kids, co-parenting, and so on. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, it's a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can see you having to hand out hugs and also tell people to not use the chainsaw to cut the couch in half because you're splitting everything.
2: (laughs) True, yeah. (laughs) Um, So it's it's an interesting job. I really enjoy it, Uh, but it's also very stressful. So um, I sometimes have to work and facilitate uh, I call it facilitation, uh, which is very close to mediation, where sure. uh, two partners are separating, and uh, as part of trying to save money and not pay you know, lawyers, they try to agree on assets division, on child custody, uh, and such facilitations are, to me at least, extremely stressful.
1: Yeah, Yeah, because it's
2: it's an argument at its best and highest. Sure.
1: Oh, yeah,
0: it's a difficult situation. A lot of emotions involved in in, it and it's it's a serious life changing event. So I can for sure I can and you're the one uh, having to stay in the middle of it and make it all good. That's uh, it's an impressive feat.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, (laughs) I, I feel like it's it's all of the the skills that I got through the years of doing different jobs. A lot of it is teaching because I, um, uh, you know, I worked in education for over 20 years, uh, and I worked with at-risk youth and learned how to deal with behavioral issues and how to make people listen to me or kids. Nice. <laughs> yeah. um, as well as I have my own two of my own, so uh, that definitely helps.
0: Yeah, I can <laughs> see that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff. So we're, we were talking about a lot of the skills that you've developed over the years. What were some of the other ones? I'm just curious.
2: Since I was um, 18 and I'm over 40 right now, I've done a lot of different things. I've, I've done, I worked for TV, I've done modeling, I've worked for a military, ah. <laughs> uh, a lot of temp agencies where they would send me, you know, two weeks at a hotel uh, in human resources, and then four weeks in a psych ward. So a lot of those uh, skills sort of came with life experiences, yeah. um, mostly how to deal with people, um, how to uh, sort of be able to navigate in social situations. So I learned a lot, that, a lot of that.
1: Um, can I ask and, and tell me if you're not like at Liberty to discuss some of these things. So feel free to just say that if you, if you need to, um, but what was like the, the easiest transition from married to divorce that you have dealt with? Was it, was there any that were just somewhat easy? Like they both just agreed and went on their way. Um, so you're talking about
2: facilitation for people, right? yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, So there are different types of divorces. There are obviously people who just mature enough to understand that their relationships don't work uh, anymore. And, and both of them decided to separate, but they want to, uh, make sure it's done correctly. So they don't kind of fall into blame and shame and, you know, anger and all of that. So they, they hire people, professionals, and it can be done by a lawyer only it will cost you about you know 400 500 an hour wow. you can do a mediator a divorce coach um, a therapist and so on um so those couples who are mature enough and already made a decision both of them that this this is the end unfortunately that's the way we're going and we really want to keep the relationship sort of civil or if there are any kids involved, we really want to concentrate on kids and, and make co-parenting work. Uh, those are the easiest cases.
1: Oh, good. Yeah.
2: Uh, very small percentage, unfortunately, at yeah. so, <laughs> least from my experience. Yeah. Um, and and this is often because they, they they're just able to agree between themselves and they don't need a lot of professionals or they need just a little bit of help. Um, But i've had cases like this where we would have only an hour and a half facilitation session and that's it right wow and i also had clients who they've been with me for two three years and they're still not divorced so (laughs) it's a spectrum uh and, and it really depends on I mean, obviously if people had issues in the relationship, they will continue to have them. And a lot of times I tell people that when, when you get divorced, it doesn't mean that this is the end of the relationship. It just, the relationship just changes form because your ex-husband or your ex-wife or any ex-partner is going to affect you even after divorce. Absolutely. So, um, sometimes, um, I had one client who, um, is actually a current client and this is her second divorce with me. So, unfortunately.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, so, so I have a lot of uh, very interesting cases.
0: It's 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 kind of funny how it's uh, it's um, yeah, yeah, yeah a, a repeat client, and oh, that's actually, <laughs> it's really unfortunate though, but it's interesting how that, that aspect yeah. of it works. <laughs>
1: You're in just one of those rare businesses where you do not want repeat business. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
2: Definitely, and I tell people, uh, if we only have one session and you don't come back, that's success. Right. For, for me, especially as a professional.
0: With uh, as difficult as your job is, I'm, what are your favorite parts of what you do?
2: Um, what do I enjoy? I always enjoyed facilitation. I always did, even since I was a small kid. You know, I would I would see kids arguing. I'm like, wait a second. You tell me your story. You tell me your story, I and then I'm it. kind of helped uh, <laughs> help kids figure things out. That's awesome. Um, I enjoy analyzing situations, and that's also part of the job. So I, I work individually as well, and I offer situational analysis where a person would call me and, and, and tell me like this is what's going on in my family like I have no idea what this is. I think I just need to file for divorce and I can analyze it. I am not a therapist and I cannot be a therapist, but um, I, you know, psychology is one of my hobbies. I read a lot of books on psychology. so. I can help them figure things out. And I would suggest I, I think this is because this is what's happening or that is because this is what's happening. You need to see this type of psychologist. You need to see maybe a to do some couples therapy. So I give suggestions to people and resources for, from that analysis. So that's what I really enjoy in these situations. When uh, people hire me, I can tell them uh you know what is happening and predict from the behavior of both parties how it will look like or how your you know soon-to-be ex-husband ex-wife ex-partner is going to react to this thing that you're trying to do right now and if we put if we offer this thing to him he probably will do or her or whoever right he probably will do and i use he because majority of my clients I would say ninety nine percent are female um so you know and this is what the partner is gonna do if if you do this thing, so I can predict and uh, prepare my clients better for certain situations
0: yeah mm-hmm. That makes sense
1: that's awesome so let's talk about like how do you feel about what you do what, what like you you like it and it and it's it's and it's helpful to other people, so it's, uh, it's cool, but what is it, it, how does it feel when you do this? So uh,
2: when I ask the question, how I feel about working for myself and doing what I do, um, I kind of tell them like, do, do you know like that feeling when you're really high? Like you feel like elated and excited. So I, that's an indicator for me that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, yes. uh, something that I like, So when I finish working with clients, I get that feeling, that natural high when I'm driving home and I'm like singing and I'm like, hey, (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I've mentioned that I used to teach and I would get this feeling, I would say 70% of the time because the other 30% I had to deal with admin and, and silly uh, I probably wouldn't say stupid rules (laughs) (laughs) imposed onto teachers and students. Um, but when I work for myself and I, I, I coach people, I get that feeling a lot more often. That's awesome. And of course I I always get difficult clients as well. And sometimes things are not successful. (laughs) Um, which is fine because I also learn from all those situations Uh and I always tell my clients that, um, I don't know everything. I'm not the walking dictionary and I don't know everything. And there are situations when they ask me and I tell them, I don't know, but, but I will research and, you know, find out. So I really like that aspect of the job is because I'm constantly learning and the variety is important for me as well. Um, that's what kind of was on the downside about teaching for me. I used to teach uh, kids, uh, I, for a while I, I taught ASL to newcomer students. So they didn't really know anything. So it was a lot of, a lot of classes like say banana, you know, so it gets very uh, repetitive and boring because it's the same thing over and over again. And with this job variety, it keeps my interest
1: yeah that's that's a common theme in in our guests is people just want to keep learning
2: yeah yeah so it's it's that's something that um always attracted me and i think that that's why i wasn't like too devastated about changing jobs every two years
0: yeah
2: because i was like well it's sad i have to leave all these issues happened but at the same time, I'm doing this new cool thing,
1: so. Um, totally. Yeah.
0: yeah. You can get a lot out of that from uh, place to place. Thor Absolutely. knows all about that. I, I tend to stay The in hardest one...
1: part, though, is when you have all these different random things, trying to piece it together as like a set of skills on a resume
0: because other people can get uh, get a feel for your skills like when you actually get the job it's pretty obvious you you know you bring a lot to the table when you've had a lot of these different things in your past yeah. but putting it yeah you're right putting on a resume be but yeah
1: but when you say like oh I worked you know I worked as a as a chef and then I went and I worked as a you know construction worker and then I worked as a you know if you have like things that are so different people don't know how to put uh, together the skill sets that come from those things. They just think, oh, you know, this job equals this and that job equals that. But like, there's, if you like outline it for them, you almost, you that's have what to I, outline it for them.
2: That's what I used to do. So before divorce coaching and I didn't become a divorce coach right away, it kind of transitioned for me. Uh, but writing resumes for people was part of my job before because oh. I started as an educational consultant. And I was helping people uh, either finding schools for their kids uh, because the system of education is very uh, complex yeah. and, and my personal specialty is non-traditional education. So anything that's alternative <laughs> is up my alley. And and then it sort of transitioned into helping kids getting into colleges and then I got, uh, a, a, you know, clients who were immigrants i'm an immigrant myself um, so i was helping immigrants to either apply their degree to jobs here in the states or going back to school and part of that was writing resumes so if someone's coming from another country who worked a job that doesn't really exist in the states i had to word it a specific way so it would fit the job that they're looking for yeah or um, a lot of them start as volunteers let's say you you volunteer at a library at your school how to turn this volunteering job into uh, something that's presentable and applies to the job that they're trying to get Um, that, that was part of my job for some time (laughs)
0: Nice. <laughs> that's awesome. It's really funny. I was when we when you were talking about those skills and putting them together. I was like, I bet you Marina would be really good at that. And then you <laughs> said what you said. that's hilarious. That's awesome. How 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 did that transition uh, to where you are uh, come about then?
2: So I was an educational consultant for a long time.
0: Okay.
2: And eventually, I started getting people. Um, who were seeking my advice on education, but they were coming from divorces because there are a lot of uh, people who are stay-at-home parents um, who don't have any education or they have not worked in their field for many, many years. So, you know, they would come to me and and they say, well, I just got divorced and I, you know, I worked uh, as as an accountant 25 years ago, what can I do? So it started like that. And, and, and this sort of transitioned into just life coaching because it's not really educational consulting. It, and, and also if someone is going to college, doesn't matter what the age is, colleges are so expensive nowadays. It's a major financial, financial decision for a family. Yeah. So I started coaching more, um, you know, what, what can you afford? How is it going to affect you? That means, you know, the, you will probably have to get two jobs and so on. So so life coaching turned it turned into life coaching. And then I started getting a lot of people going through divorces and could be partially because I myself went through a divorce at that time uh about i filed about six years ago um and i when i first immigrated to the states and was trying to find a job uh, i lived in new orleans um, i had a period where i tried different things and i finally landed a job at a law firm so i worked at a law firm uh, as as a, a legal secretary and they specialized in divorces. So I kind of, you know, knew a little bit about it. I took some paralegal classes, uh, and then going through my divorce, I gained a lot of experience. And, um, unfortunately my divorce was not one of those easy ones.
1: Uh
2: (laughs) It it lasted about a couple of years. My, my ex-husband, uh, is a lawyer himself. So divorcing a lawyer is, is very complicated (laughs) and challenging. (laughs) Um, so i think after that i started getting a lot of clients who were going through divorces and even though i positioned myself as educational consultant and maybe life coach all of their questions were about divorce and i'm like oh this must that must be a sign i need to you know
0: evolve that works right
2: and yeah and i I became a divorce coach
0: awesome do uh do you think uh that because i i hear a lot of that uh, whoever stays home with the kids, you know, with the, how you were talking about, you know, I had accounting 25 years ago, you know, do you think some of that might change with the changing landscape of, you know, after the pandemic, if people are staying home, uh, working from home much more, do, we think, do you think there'll be uh, more possibilities for people to, uh, I don't know how to ask that to question. To re-enter the workforce? Yeah, to re-enter and to, I guess to change the way it's been in the past.
2: I see a lot more opportunities, definitely. That's the word. Not only was just looking for work, but also studying because yeah. some, I mean, if, if you haven't worked for 25 years, it's, it, there is a pretty high chance you probably need to go back to school at some point, do a refresher, additional certification. Um, and that's available online nowadays. Yeah. And the system of education is changing as well. Now a lot of community colleges offer bachelor degrees, so it's a lot cheaper, more affordable, so more people are able to do that. And, and they're really investing in um, online education. And with that, uh, I assume there will be a lot of online jobs as well. Um, mm-hmm. I teach on the side, that's my hobby, I love teaching. <laughs> so I usually uh, teach as an adjunct. A few hours a week in colleges so this semester I'm teaching at a community college and I teach a course it's called the success course uh, where <laughs> I teach students how to be successful in uh, studies and in life and we do basics on you know financial budgeting and relationships budgeting. <laughs> <Go on>. yeah <laughs> yeah um, it's just a lot of different things you learn how to figure out your own career and you learn your your personality, style, and things like that. And it's such um, an important
0: class. It's awesome. I like that you is. do that. It is. It's, it's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh,
2: but you know, our community college invested a lot of money in online education, and with that also come online jobs. So yeah. I, I see a lot of it. A lot of options. Um, just because majority of my clients are female. Um, I see a lot of them, uh, and and with children, I get a lot of clients with children and that's why the complexity comes in. Um, I see a lot of them with, um, kids with medical and special needs and, and that becomes really difficult because that's the situation I was in, uh, where I, even if I want, would want to, I cannot work a typical eight to five job because I have to attend to my children. Um, so we, I mean, if I get a client who has a question about what can I do because I cannot work a traditional job, I can come up with ideas. We really look, we do personality tests, we, we will look at things that this person enjoys and try to find, uh, what, you know, they can do.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I love that stuff, by the way, that's just <laughs> like, that stuff gets me. It's that's the that's what gets me excited. <laughs> yeah. You like analytics. Yep. I like everything. Job hunting.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. well, it's funny because I mean, <laughs> even like the paralegal and the stuff. It's like this. A lot of what you say sounds very familiar to you know somebody else I know around here.
2: <laughs> that's funny. Um, well, I mean, a lot of people have side gigs nowadays, right? Yes. Hustling is a, is a big thing, right. uh, and for some of them. Especially in the beginning, so when someone was married for 25 years and and was a stay-at-home parent, they don't know what kind of person they are, have become, right? Sure. I mean, they know what they like when they were 20. Sure. Uh, So I usually ask them, like, do you know what you want to do? And they're like, I don't know, I really need money, I need to survive. Yeah, Right. I, I don't think it's a good idea to just go and get a degree because there's a high chance that you may choose something that later you'll find out, oh, this is not me anymore. Yeah. And yeah. then you invested all this time and money. And I, I would ask them, like, what do you like to do? Oh, I kind of like this and that and this. And, but, I, you know, it's like, it's okay. You try all these things as side gigs and see what's going to work out, what you're going to enjoy. Uh, some things may evolve into something else. Yeah, and, that's some great um, advice. And then you'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, Yeah. smart.
1: I love it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the not-quite-so-fun stuff. What, okay. what is it about your job that is hard or that you, maybe you don't like?
2: So I think for me personally, and that's where my autism comes in, um, balance is extremely important for me. And I also, I realize that my uh, level of functioning on a daily basis is probably lower than, um, you know, a neurotypical person, right? The, the, the stuff I can process and work through is, is pretty low. I get overwhelmed, I get stressed, and, and I really need to keep myself in balance because if I get into that state where I'm like, I'm on a meltdown, I can do things that that I'll be horrified later yeah. <laughs> yeah. about, you know, like quitting jobs, calling clients. Like I'm like,
1: oh, um, cursed out one of my <laughs> bosses one time.
2: <laughs> I think majority of situations when they quit my jobs were the result of this is because. Yeah for one reason or another it was so disbalanced and at some point i was like that's it i I can't i can't handle it anymore yeah uh it took me many many years to figure this out and come to a point when i have a very specific structure uh Mm -hmm. if i work for someone it's boundaries very very rigid i would say boundaries and unfortunately a lot of people uh don't believe in them or don't respect them it's not not, i I wouldn't say it's not respect them i think they're so not used to people setting boundaries so when i have a job interview and i talk to my potential boss i tell them these are my boundaries and they were like oh yeah yeah yeah." like they they just don't believe that this person is actually setting boundaries in a job interview because i'm the boss and like whatever so when I work for them, and a situation comes up where they ask me to say, "Oh, you're going to work this weekend, eight hours on Saturday and six hours on Sunday," and I'm like, well, "Remember that time I set a boundary?" Uh, and, and 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 they would not regard it. They would disregard it.
0: Yeah, they'll just push, um, yeah, push you so,
2: over, Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's um, that's one of the reasons why I also always considered self-employment. Um, and with self-employment, it's the same situation only. I don't have other people to set boundaries with, except for myself. So yeah. I have to set boundaries with myself. But um, but you'll
0: actually listen to yourself probably, hopefully. Uh, uh, for,
2: <laughs> most <part. laughs> for most part. And sometimes there are things out of my control. Unfortunately, yeah. um, I, I have, I'm a single parent and I have two kids both yep. of my kids are autistic. And both have additional medical needs and sometimes they get sick. Um, last year, my oldest child was bedridden for three months, she couldn't walk. So I have to adjust a lot of things around, um, around their needs, yeah. right? And, and, and you never know, she got sick, she ended up in the hospital in the surgery. You can't really plan that so these things can be overwhelming even with boundaries that I set for myself Um, So the way I deal with that is I limit the number of clients I'm not making as much money as I could have made, but this is what I need to do for myself to stay balanced Yeah, Um, So important But I mean there are situations when it's just like everything at once Uh, and So what what I do, I I practice yoga, I learned yoga, I do it myself, Um, you know, go for a walk, uh, things like that. I would say they work 90% of the time.
0: (laughs) There's always that
2: 10% that that I I just lose it once in a while.
0: Sure, yeah. We know all about that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, but being self-employed, that's, it's, it's, it's balance because c- there are clients who only can see you on weekends and I have to figure out what I'm going to do with my kids on the weekend. And, you know, clients who want to, you know, especially with divorces, they're like, Oh, I can't talk to you in front of my, my uh, partner. I need, uh, you know, the only time I can call you is like midnight when I'm going to sneak out for a, a smoke, yeah. you know, but really it's going to be a phone call. So I, I sometimes have to. Adjust my schedule, and that probably is the only challenging part of my job: is is not having set hours. Yeah, I can see
0: that. Which
2: which is originally something I looked for, but it right. kind of back backfires on <laughs> me as well.
1: Sure, sure.
0: It's one of those good and bad things. Mm-hmm.
1: So we've talked a lot about um, how much you like to help. Like that's the driving force for you: is to help people. Um, and I know for a lot of us, myself included, um, being helpful sometimes overrides the need to, um, enforce payment, I guess, <laughs> for people, especially, you know, when they're going through uh, hard stuff, how do you draw that line? How do you, how do you make that work for yourself?
0: Yeah. We know you don't bring a bat to work with you. I'm assuming.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't though. Sometimes I want to, <laughs> um, So I think making people pay when you're self-employed in the helping profession, it's a, it's a big, uh, challenge for a lot of people. Um, and, and it took me a while. I made a lot of mistakes at the beginning also, you know, being too helpful and then, or, or people telling me, Oh, I, I don't have money to pay you and, you know, helping them. And then I see that they bought a new car or, you know, something of that sort. So I guess I had to reprogram myself. And I've heard a lot, and it's a cliche phrase, but when people say, if you really want help, you'll find money for it. Yep. I found that a lot of times that's true. Yeah. Um, okay. So obviously there is a percentage of people who are truly uh, you know, in a horrible situation, they have no money. And usually these are abusive situations. So I volunteer for free for a a nonprofit organization in Texas that helps women who end up in an abusive situation. And I would do um, one or two free uh, phone calls. And if someone reaches out to me, and it's truly a situation when they're cut off everything, they cannot drive, they're not allowed to drive, and things like that. Uh, I would reroute them to that organization and they're able to talk to me through the organization. Okay. Uh, but any kind of private client who is able to pay, um, i it's the same boundaries, I, I set strict rules and they have to prepay. So my thing is you prepay at least for an hour. So some facilitations that I have, they may... Uh, Maybe long because you never know how fast you know how, how fast you will be able to uh, Help both parties agree. So there is a sort of prepayment or so facilitation. I would ask them You have to prepay for two hours in advance and pay the rest later um, And private clients, it's uh, you know, if it's an hour you just pay and then set an appointment um, with facilitations when there are both parties present That gets trickier Mm -hmm. because technically, I mean, if you look at fairness of a situation, they have to split
0: 50-50.
2: But I've had a lot of situations where uh, one party gets pissed off and they're like, whatever, I'm not going to pay. So I had these situations before and we covered that prior. And I'm saying if this happens, one of you will have to, to cover and then you sort this through with your spouse.
0: So you're not stuck in the middle.
2: Yeah. I don't want to get stuck in the middle. So
0: what is Um, the contract or something?
2: There is a contract if a lot of facilitations are done online right now. So I do like a little recording and I save it where they, you know, I'm telling them you must be aware this is what's going to happen. I wouldn't say I had a lot of situations where I partially did not get paid, uh, but, but there were a few. There were a few. I had a facilitation a few days ago where, you know, the husband told me he's going to pay me he's 50% and he didn't. So the wife sent the money uh, and they're trying to work that through between wow. themselves. But that's, yeah. that's a real situation, yeah.
1: Well, it has got to be hard though, because if you're if you're a facilitator, you're supposed to be unbiased, and mm-hmm. if one person is paying you and one person is not, it's hard to, to, um, to show you know that you have been unbiased, right? Like, like, and that was the
2: question from from the husband because the wife was the one who found me. Yeah, she was the one who prepaid, so obviously he had a question. Yeah, yeah. and you know I have my rules of ethical conduct. And I I tell them, this: these are my ethics. You can look up reviews about me. All of my business depends on how trustworthy I am. So obviously I I would not want to be biased or lie to you or whatever, whatever, because I'm gonna lose my business. Um, So when I state all these things, it's up to the person to decide to believe me and go but, ahead with this, we're not.
0: There's a, yeah, there's yeah. a little bit of trust that has to happen. So we um, uh, before we talked a little bit about um, how autism can hinder you at work and some of the um, uh, things that you do to help yourself, um, the more enjoyable part, how does autism help you with your business?
2: Um, how does it help me? I, and the, it's really difficult to me to say if this is specifically autism or just me. Okay. I, I am judging by what I've read, uh, you know, the research I've read because some of the characteristics are usually described as, um, autistic characteristics. Um, so I think my, the, the way I see things are very different, how things are structured and how they're organized. I, I see it differently. Um, And I, I would even say sometimes I see, uh, you know, like if you, if you imagine an onion, most people see the outside and I have the autistic vision. Like I can see all the layers. That's how I usually explain it. Um, so when I was younger, I had so many issues with that, with the way I viewed the world. Um, I really loved reading and writing and I, I, you know, took a lot of classes in college where we had to write essays. We had to read a book and analyze. And I always had so many troubles because everyone would write this essay and analyze it in this one way. And I was the (laughs) only one who saw it in a different way. And, you know, (laughs) and and I didn't get great teachers, unfortunately, so they would argue with me.
0: I've had that exact thing happen.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So that was a, a, an issue for me when I was younger, but I sort of turned it into a good thing later because um, I realized, well, I'm able to do this. So I, and some people appreciate that. So if yeah. I find yeah. people who appreciate that, that could be my job. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. Um,
2: yeah. So, I mean, th- these were my experiences and um, it, it helped me when I was teaching, I think being able to have that different point of view. I mean, I get the neurotypical point of view. It's, it's easy. Like if you, if, if if, if I'm teaching something, you open a textbook and, and, and this is the analysis, right? Like I know this plus I can see, Oh, it can be this way or that way or that way. So, um, I had kids in my class who were special needs and, uh, I had autistic kids as well. So it was, um, I guess helpful for me to be able to, to validate everyone and every different point of view.
0: Th- that's actually um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> yeah more I, teachers yes. need to be like you. Yeah, I, I get all the time. I get people pissed off at me for you know they'll g- give me an opinion, and and I'll give you know I'm you know I'm like I guess I'm just playing devil's advocate, but not really it's it's like your onion layer. It's like I'm just I can see things in multiple. You ha- you have to look at multiple things. You can't just be like. Hey, this is what's you know what I'm experiencing, so it must be this. I'm like, well, it could be that, or it could be these other 98 things. You know, you don't know <laughs> for sure. If that, if, that, if that one thing you're looking at pisses you off, then why don't you try any of these that make you feel better? You know, it's yeah. like they're all valid. Like, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. So, I and I've always been drawn to to alternative things since I was a kid. And that's why I'm so into alternative education. And when I speak alternative, I'm not talking about alternative schools for behavioral issues. It's more of a non-traditional approach, schools, progressive schools. And I've read a lot of um, research on, you know, how they teach, what they use in class. Um, I've tried it in a regular public school in my classes and I personally found them successful but they were so far out for my admin (laughs) that you know they would okay me to do things and the first year they would come and observe and like huh what and they you know and second year that's that's when it would be like, oh, we really enjoyed the first year. But you know, let's, let's just to kind of wrap up on these things and <laughs> do what everyone else does. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, But being able to use a lot of alternative things and the, the way I view the world, I felt that it helped connection with students. And on all of the evaluations I had um, at the end of the school year that was my that was the the highest one for me is I'm able to connect because I'm able to connect to all of them not just a part of the class
1: yeah that's
2: awesome um, it's a big positive of autism is being able to see from all these different views yeah. um, another one I kind of think it's it's part of autism is um, I can see how different people have different ways of uh, learning, absorbing, acquiring information. Um, Traditional school is usually built for audio sequential learners because it's a lot of talking and a lot of listening. And um, that I don't, myself, I don't learn this way. I cannot. I actually have APD. I'm not fully officially diagnosed, but my audiologist suggested that. And, you know, we don't have a lot of services for adults. Unfortunately, <laughs> getting diagnosed as an adult with all these things is really complicated, yeah. but I have, I have issues with auditory processing. Um, so, you know, it's a, from what I understand, it's a common comorbidity with autism and, you know, having that, Help me to communicate with people, especially t- teaching. Being able to offer them variety of different learning, uh, you know, opportunities. Not just like, oh, listen to me. I use a lot of video. I use a lot of like tactile things. Um, sort of like Montessori, I guess, because Montessori yeah. believes in all these different ways of learning.
0: I love that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. So let's wrap up with, uh, your best advice. Um, you could be talking to people who just learned about their, uh, their autism, maybe people who are just starting the workforce or even autistic people who want to be self-employed. What would you, what would you tell them?
2: So my advice will be, um, probably first to figure out what your, threshold is in regard to your own balance oh okay. ah. smart so and it doesn't matter whether you work for yourself or going to work for someone else to and especially like if you're an adult you probably already know how much you can take yeah and work with that instead of pushing yourself and kind of trying to fit yourself into more a traditional model like i have to work eight to five and you know and everyone works on the weekend and that's what i have to do instead of that just figure out what your threshold is uh what your you know balance is and then set boundaries for yourself and other people as well and it's a very um risky and also brave thing to do i think because sometimes it may end up in a loss of a job But if you continue doing that, eventually you will get to a point where you either work for someone who really respects you and you have a really high quality of life or you work for yourself when you created the right environment and you will thrive in that environment instead of completely, you know, um, just stressing all the time. I and i'm it. on the path to that i've, ex- I've had nice. moments days weeks of uh, experiencing that um it's not perfect obviously there are things i cannot control but being able to kind of stepped into that even for a little bit and, and feeling what it's like uh i was like yes this 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 is how it goes and 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 that's that's my advice to to be brave enough to try that out and see if it works
1: for you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
0: That's great I advice. Love it. Um,
1: are you willing to um, tell our listeners how to find you? Uh, do you have a website or socials that you'd like to that you'd like to give people? Yeah, I,
2: I, my, so my regular website uh, and it's divorce coaching website. Although I do help with all kind of issues and questions, education, life coaching. Um, it's just like my name. It's Marina McAdam. It's M A R I N A, M C A D A M dot com, uh, and I'm on Facebook. It's Marina McAdam Divorce Coach. Uh, I do have a group on Facebook, and that's also the name of my Instagram at at Divorce Forward. So that's my group.
1: <laughs> nice. How oh, cool. I like that. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Sure. Is it okay if we put all those links in the show notes so people can just easily find them? Okay, awesome. Perfect. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us. We had a really good time hanging out with you.
0: Definitely. Thank you, Marina.
1: Thank you. I really enjoyed it as well. Thanks, everyone, for being here. Uh, We really enjoyed uh, hanging out with our guests today. If you want to be hanging out with us... um, You know you do. (laughs)
0: uh,
1: Come... Come...
0: Yes, over to Carveresumes.com and uh, click on the podcast and put your name and email and we will get right back to you. That's right. Yeah, that is right. Have a wonderful day.